Welcome, welcome to the Hard Skills Podcast and Show. I am Dr. Mira Bronku. I work with leaders in healthcare, research, STEM, and other technical fields who want to develop an authentic leadership identity and create a healthy, inclusive workplace environment to retain the best people doing the best work. In other words, developing the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. This season, we've been exploring the first stage in my strategic leadership pathway model, facing uncertainty. And today, we're talking with Olivia Nadasan about journey through uncertainty, the path to global tech and philanthropy. Now, we value evidence-based practical solutions in addition. So I don't want you just listening and watching to this passively. I want you to listen to her journey and pick out what you want for your own journey. Reflect deeply. Take notes. I always do. And identify at least one small step to further develop your hard skills muscle. Okay, so Olivia Nadasan is a global business leader with an extensive track record in tech, leading business transitions, focusing on scaling the recurring revenue strategy in the deal management strategy space, finance transformation, and operations. That's a lot of experience and expertise across a business. She's also really passionate, though, about DE&I and philanthropy, has served on multiple board roles supporting these interests, including leading a nonprofit organization for four years, growing it into a professional community for women looking to upskill and expand their careers to the next level. And in fact, that's how she and I met. So one common theme in her career has been to spot and invest in high potential. She's really good at that. And the other interesting fact is that she and I were both born in Romania. This show today could probably be called Two Romanians <laughs> and their thoughts. So welcome, Olivia. Glad to have you on the show. I am super excited to be here. Um, I am nervous, but I'm very excited I'm doing this with a dear friend. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we'll have a great time. And I think I suspect that um, we are we are amplifying um, the Romanian podcast uh, experience here because you and I probably both have our families watching yeah. <laughs> us right I now. Really That's like the entire support system today. <laughs> who do you have? Who do you have in Romania watching? Uh, right my now? mom, my sister, everyone. It's okay. hi everybody. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go back to those early career beginnings. How did you get started? What was your per first professional role? Um, tell us a little bit more about that. So I think I started um, early on by supporting my mother uh, with her new business yeah. while I was still in university. So at the time, um, I had just returned from studying in Italy for a year she started the business consulting and internal audit company. And um, for a few years, I actually uh, supported her uh, kind of learn um, how to build a business, how to build a brand, how to sign customers, um, you know, all of the op operations behind the scenes, um, how to scale. So then when my first bigger job <laughs> In tech happened, which was at HP in Romania, um, where I was there for four years. I already had some background. Um, and I think those first years and then, you know, starting off in, uh, corporate world, um, in HP were my defining years at the very beginning, um, kind of learning, uh, how to navigate the corporate world. Um, made some really cool friends that I'm still in contact with after so many years. And I think that was like a very good starting point for me professionally and kind of moving forward, um, even after, after I moved out outside the country. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. I side. had, I'm not sure I knew that you had um, worked for your mom for um, quite a bit of time picking up those um, skills, you know, those business skills. And of course that makes sense for anyone um, listening who's very early in their career. Um, that's a great way to pick up skills, not necessarily like you all have your, you know, parents who, you know, um, 
with with areas of interest of yours, but just volunteering and getting experience as a, an apprentice or something like that in a business, right? So um, <clears throat> let's talk about that first um, job in HP. How did you come across it? How did you decide like that made sense for you as a first opportunity? Honestly, it was a, a very out of the blue opportunity that came up. Uh, I realized that, you know, I cannot continue to work for my mom <laughs> for too long. And um, I was right out to, after um, finishing my uh, university studies. So the it was an entry role and kind of starting from zero. So, what did you do? Um, I think my first, I had three roles uh, at HP, but the first one was in order management um and in the global operations center that uh they had in in Bucharest um you know nothing very exciting but it was for me it was exciting at that time because it was new and i was facing something that i didn't face before so um definitely a really good uh starting point it kind of for- pro- helped me progress further and learn how to manage complexities and how to work in a team and how to support a team um, and how to be, uh, you know, just a nice human being to be around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in those first few um, uh, job opportunities, you know, people don't necessarily realize, even if it's like not quite in the right field for you, or you're just not sure what you're getting yourself into, this is exactly where you start developing your hard skills, um, aka soft skills. And you mentioned a few, right? Like, um, you know, learning how to work on a team and um, navigate team dynamics are um, some of the most difficult skills. And um, the earlier you start, the better off you set yourself up for success for later opportunities, right? Yes. So um, now what was the first new opportunity that you got that was a difficult decision that like you really had to think about this um, and what made it a difficult decision? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, in 2011, um, was the first time I actually had to consider a significant opportunity and kind of looking back now, um, I, I realized that was the best decision ever. It got me to where I am today. Um, an opportunity came up from Cisco Prague. Uh, in Czech Republic, which was the place that I was eyeing for a while. Uh, some peers of mine at, at, at uh, HP had moved to Prague at that time. And I kind of fell in love with that city a year before when I had the business trip with HP. So the opportunity was kind of also connected to uh, stuff that I've done at HP. And that was relevant for that specific role. Um, so I decided after, you know, a lot of intense, uh, debates, if this is the right time, uh, to make this move, I decided together with my husband, uh, we should go for it. Uh, so we made, uh, you know, the pluses and minuses table. Uh, there were more pluses than minuses to consider. So in three weeks, we packed, we got married, we rented an apartment in Prague, downtown area. And we moved there in the spring of 2011. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, wait. In three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. You packed and got married. Yes. <laughs> and moved. And moved. <laughs> and started a new job. You know, um, they say that some of the top stressors that like are the most hard to manage is marriage, moving, and new job, among other things. And you were doing all of those at the same time. And I think the craziest thing is that my husband at that time left his job, uh, the National Press Agency, without a clear job in Prague. He did have like interviews on the way, and I had the role, which was great. And, you know, the interesting thing is that we we planned like financially to be able to sustain ourselves um, in a new country uh, on one paycheck if needed for a couple of months and until he would find a job. And he did. I think I don't know if it's good luck or fate or whatever it was, but he did have multiple options and the role that he really liked, he got it offered on the spot at the interview, which is very rare that that happens. 
So it, it really took us, uh, to a place of stability and kind of getting settled really fast. So yeah. Now the way that you describe it almost sounds like magical, like it just all happened to fall into place. However, I suspect that there were a lot of, um, really hard decisions and the pros and cons were not that easy. And so um, this is like your first facing uncertainty situation um, in your professional life. How did you get to the point where you felt confident that the pluses and minuses made sense, that you were willing to take the risk and also um, willing to take the risk related to um, not knowing whether your, your future husband would have a job or not? How did you sort of get to the level of like, I feel confident enough. I think we've explored this enough. I think we have enough data. Um, I think <laughs> it's funny. Um, he, you know, he's the balance in our, in our marriage. So I am the crazy one taking risks and the, he's the one balancing things down. So it worked really well because we have been at that time, we worked together for about 10 years so we were going extremely strong as a couple and I felt very comfortable. He felt very co- comfortable to take this risk together and see where this is taking us. Um, you know, we were young and kind of let's go for it. This is an opportunity we might not have um, again. So it's kind of take the train when it comes and then figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um I mean, I do appreciate that um, when you're in a relationship with somebody else, and it could be a spouse, but it could also be um, a parent, it could be a child, like anybody that you feel like you're um, either, you know, taking care of each other, looking out for each other, supporting each other, caregiving, whatever that is, um, the decision is a lot harder because it's not just like you taking a risk on your own and facing the consequences. It's you together with whoever else is part of that equation, having to come together and making those decisions together. And when you're facing uncertainty, um, one of the things that I like about, you know, your sort of story about this is um, that you know how you're balancing each other out and what you're bringing what you're each bringing to the table. Like you recognize, like you're the risk taker. You're like you said, the wild one or whatever. You're the one that's most likely to lean into lots of um, big, bold um, decisions. Right. And he balances you out to make sure that it's not just some impulsive, you know, thing that doesn't take into account all of the important factors to keep, to maintain some level of stability. Is that right? You got it. Yes. Yeah. And that's really important. Um, you know, again, when we're talking about facing uncertainty, who's part of the equation? Who's going to be impacted? Who's going to be, um, you know, um, you know, needing to support you and come along with your decision if it's not just, you know, you, yourself and you, right? Um, so that's really important. Okay. Um, so when um, we come back, we're going to look at like what then were your next steps um, in this, right? Um, I'm looking, really looking forward to it. So we're nearing an ad break. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branku, and our guest, Olivia Nadasan. The Hard Skills airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. For the next few weeks, we will be changing it. I'll tell you more about that later. But today, if you would like to join our online audience and ask any questions that we can answer, we can answer them right now in real time. You can find us on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc, and we'll be right back with our guest in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? 
Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mara Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome, welcome back with me, Dr. Mira Bronku on the hard skills with our guest, Olivia Nottison. Now, um, we are here as part of my sub-series on listening to leadership journeys from real leaders. And um, Olivia has had a spectacular leadership career within uh, the global tech industry. And we just got done talking with um, her about her first big major decision. Um, at this point, she's in um, Prague with Cisco in her first big leadership role after a really sort of um, tough decision, but important one in her journey. Um, this is now probably the third country she's uh, lived in, right, at this point um, in early in her career, right? Italy, Romania, Czech Republic, where else? I studied one year in France as well when I was very young. So you're you're already of a global mind. <laughs> you're already thinking globally, which is a big deal. You know, when people make decisions um, about their job uh, changes, they um, don't often think about moving to a brand new country, but you were already kind of comfortable with those experiences, which um, certainly would make it easier. Um, so you have moved to a number of different countries for your job. Was it difficult um, to, at some point, I know you le- you left um, the, the country and, um, and, and the continent. <laughs> you left Romania and you left Europe at some point. How difficult was that? How did you maintain your relationships? How did you make that decision? That seems like a major move of uh, leaning into uncertainty. Totally major. Uh, I think that was the hardest decision, especially since we are both very, very close with our families. But they understood the opportunities and supported us 100%. Um, and, you know, we decided early on that if an opportunity makes sense from a life perspective overall, uh, we need to consider it, uh, no matter where that is, how hard it may be. Um, and I think, you know, we were really lucky to have the right support from our families and, you know, thank God for technology that kept us in touch every day. Um, I think the hardest move has been actually moving to us, as you said, as uh, this one, you know, it's not just a two hour hopping on a flight to get back to Bucharest. It's cross continent flights. There's always something happening when you travel. But, um, you know, now looking back seven years uh, since we moved to North Carolina, I do trust that this has been the most, um, you know, rewarding and the best move. Um, and actually, each move has been amazing because, you know, it was very, everything was very thoroughly um, calculated, planned for um, any all points of view from, you know, living costs, uh, lifestyle a location, uh, safety of the new place, proximity to office, 
opportunities to make friends, to have fun. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I do consider that home is where you make it. And I think this is why it was really natural for the two of us to make this kind of moves. Um, when we decided to leave the country, we were, as I said, 10 years into our relationship in, in, um, um, the first time in, in Prague. And then, you know, when we moved to, to us, a few more years have gone by. Uh, we, we know how to communicate whenever we need to make a huge decision. It helped really a lot to be both in tech. So we've been consulting about everything, making sure we're both, we're both comfortable with the, this kind of decision and the risk taking aspect of it. Um, so, you know, it, it just, it, I feel like it worked out by itself somehow. <laughs> Yeah, although, I mean, it didn't work out by itself. I, I have tracked now um, five different things, and I'm sure I missed some, about what you calculated to make this a calculated, thoughtful, intentional, strategic risk that you took. And so I, I wrote down, like, you thought about, like, where would it be easier and more likely to make friends? That's an interesting one. Um, where, um, you know, safety. Where might you feel safe? Um, Location, salary, standard of living. What else? What else was on your like checklist that you had to sort of think through? Um, Lifestyle, I think, was important. Um, And obviously, be close to, you know, airports, be close to uh, a hospital. Um, you know, just the, the, the complex stuff, but also like the everyday life operations that you have to, um, handle. So, yeah, you know what, um, when you, when you share this list, I think of two things. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that it actually matches, uh, one transition that most people can relate to, which is retirement. Most people think about these things usually at retirement age, like where we would we want to go next if we move? Um, is it safe? Can we find friends? Can we find hospitals and healthcare? Um, can we be able to be close to airport to get to family, standard of living, all of that stuff? However, you can apply the same exact list to every transition in your life so that you're uh, quote unquote retiring or moving on to the next thing the next chapter in your life. Right. So I love that. The other thing that, yeah. The other thing that it made me think about is um, I often talk with people when they're trying to make decisions about career um, that are really tough. um, What are their negotiables and non-negotiables? Because um, a um, mentor once told me, you know, you might have maybe four degrees of freedom when you're thinking about making a decision, right? One is um, salary. Another is location. Another is um, your schedule. Um, another one is, did you see that balloon go up, by the way? I, did. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> For those of you who are watching, Zoom is set up in a way where like, apparently, like if I may make some big, bold moves with my hands, it turns into something. I had no idea that I could make a balloon go up. Now I'm trying to make it happen. I don't know. Anyway, um, going back to the negotiables and negotiables. Um, there's like four degrees of freedom usually, right? There's there's salary, there's location, there's schedule, um, and then um, you know maybe like the type of job. And often you can't have all unless you move, right? Like yeah. you you usually have to compromise on something, and so you have to really think deeply about like what's most important to me and what are the things that I'm willing to compromise on. The, the negotiables that I'm willing to let go and compromise on and the non-negotiables, there's no way I'm compromising. For you, when you made this decision, this very difficult decision to move to a brand new continent, um, were there certain absolutes, non-negotiables? And then were there other things you were willing to let go of or compromise on? Um, there, hmm, there were, but uh, I would say that first of all, 
it come kind of goes back a little bit to our first two experiences in Prague and Krakow, Poland. Uh, because when we moved from Prague to Krakow, we actually had kind of a 50-50 on pluses and minuses that, you know, were balancing each other. Um, but because we were in a good place in, in Prague, you know, my husband was getting promoted. Um, I had a new, really great external offer to consider. So it was a very, very difficult to make that decision. Uh, but we kind of had to look at the positive aspects of future potential. This is exactly what we did when we decided to move to, to us. Um, you know, how are we going to, um, handle a new role for me first of all that was extremely difficult at that time uh there wasn't precedent in the company um um in in that subscription SaaS space that was the time when Cisco was just starting to transition to software so um I knew there's gonna be a complexity there. Um it, it kind of it 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 was a difficult time. We 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 figured out that hey, um it either goes the right way or it goes south. We have this amount of years that our visas are available. If something doesn't work out, you know, you can come back to Europe. So for us, it was like let's go let's see how it goes uh let's see if we like the area if we um adapt to the new life there if we like the food if we make friends um and have like a good life that we've had before um and so the balance kind of in time after that first year rebalanced itself it was it everything started to come into its place um, I also started getting involved a lot in the community. I joined, um, a CNC at that time, which, uh, later on, I actually got to manage for a couple of years. Um, so I think it's just a matter of being really true to yourself and your values at the end of the day. Uh, awesome. Uh, you mentioned she and C. We're going to come back to that in a moment. That's a nonprofit that Olivia leaned into, and we will um, definitely get into her philanthropy efforts. Um, but we are nearing an ad break. And when we come back, I really want to um, pivot into how you made, um, you developed the career that you did. Like, what were the sort of strategic moves and not just like moving to a different country, but actually like the decisions to um, grow your career from one level to the next. So I think people will be really interested in that. So with that in mind, let's get into the ad break. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronco, and our guest, Olivia Nadasan. The Hard Skills airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you'd like to join our online audience and ask any questions, you're welcome to. We can answer them in real time on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc. And we'll be right back with our guests in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back with me, Dr. Mira Branco on the hard skills and our guest today, Olivia Nadasan. Now, Olivia has had a stellar, uh, incredible global tech um, leadership career and globally. I think at, at this point, I might have tracked about five countries she's lived in for her career. I don't know. I can't even keep track anymore. But uh, how many languages do you speak, by the way, Olivia? Um, Romanian native uh, english is not native uh italian spanish uh french and i can get some orders in a restaurant in czech republic and poland <laughs> that's all i get amazing amazing okay so we talked a lot about your career decision making more from a personal perspective at this point um you know things like looking for the right location and making a decision with your partner and safety and sal- you know salary standard of living lifestyle that kind of thing but what i want to transition into right now is like um tell us the actual trajectory of your career what kind of positions did you go to from what to what to what um and how did you actually make that happen because i'm pretty sure you're pretty strategic about those decisions and positioning yourself. And I'm not sure everyone is as intentional and strategic as you are. So I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, I did make substantial efforts, obviously, for any opportunity that um, I was tapped for and kind of came along. Um, and I think in time, you know, I started from just very early and kind of junior roles and started moving up, getting more senior, taking um, leadership roles, early career leadership roles, then um, management roles, director, um, president of the of CNC. It has been like a, a an interesting trajectory, but I I do realize that um, to be able to do all of that. Um, someone has to see that. So I think I had the right level of support from sponsors. Um, someone at higher level that was in a position of decisions that could see, uh, potential and would sponsor my career. And I've, I've had those people in my life for, um, a long time. They're still there and I'm really grateful for, for, you know, their support. Um, and I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of factors that kind of helped me pivot um, over the years. Um, and I think it has been my ability to adapt really fast to any changing environments, to be open to take roles and projects that were not very popular at first, or, um, that maybe others didn't want to consider, um, so I've never been shy of challenges. Every single role I had from an analyst to a manager to a senior manager to a director um, has had a lot of challenges um, and kind of each one of them took me outside of my comfort zone. Um, even my involvement with the local communities have, have been, you know, incredible experience. But again, Coming from an, an immigrant here with zero experience in leading an American nonprofit organization, 
that put me in a, in a space of learning and being very humbled about what I'm uh, seeing around me and all the people that are, um, you know, I got to connect with. And because this is, you know, including yourself, I, we, this is how we, we became friends over time. So it's kind of, um, um, starting from a very, like a, it's like a pyramid, but it doesn't go lean. It goes like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, um, from, the resources that I had available to me, uh, I was definitely able to make things work out. Um, I've gone into, into roles that had volatility, a lot of ambiguity, um, you know, facts that I was made aware of immediately at the beginning. So I think a special skill that might have been developed over time um, is kind of being open to figuring things out, course correct, as much as needed, be open to receive uh, feedback and kind of learn from others that are smarter than you. So in a way, it's kind of a balance of uh, leading through change, uncertainty. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's a humbling experience. It doesn't matter the level that we get to. It is really humbling to get there because it can look really nice and shiny from the exterior but there's a lot of effort and a lot of thought that goes in behind the scenes yeah absolutely so um let me dig into a couple of things that you mentioned here number one you mentioned sponsors um you you described what sponsors are which are you know people who are not just mentors but people willing to put themselves on the line to help you yes. get sort of that next opportunity whether that's speaking highly of you when you're not around or uh, positioning you for opportunities um a lot of people ask how do i get a sponsor i get that question a lot what are your thoughts on that you cannot ask to get one it kind of happens naturally when someone really um something that you do or your personality or your background resonates with them in a way and um it in my case it came really natural it wasn't an ask it was um um something that they initiated um so I feel like if it's a space where uh, you have offered opportunities to for them to see how you operate, um, how you perform, how, you know, what potential you could have for bigger things. Um, and they are in a position where they can put your name forward or push you for uh things that, you know, you might not be ready. I, I wasn't ready for many of the roles that I had. Um, maybe I was like a 50-50%, but I acted like I'm 100% because I knew I'm going to get there with the right support and the right positive mindset. So uh, it just took a little bit of help, I think. And I'm I, I, that's why I cannot take like the full credit. I need to give credits to those that have given me those op- opportunities. And on my side, what I can do is pay it forward, which is what I usually do. And I've done this a lot over the past few years. Um, and I think it's paying out really well. Yeah. Um, I will, um, Add a little bit to that because I bet um, that actually you did do things that you didn't necessarily recognize in order to be visible and recognized and tapped by sponsors willing to become sponsors without you asking. And so a couple of them is, um, if I'm hearing correctly, you mentioned being willing to um, do, you know, unpopular things, jobs that other people didn't want, right? Boy, do leaders like that. I mean, they have things they need to get done. And the person who says, can I help you? I'm willing to help you with this um, is highly valuable. Um, And um, also being able to anticipate leaders' needs. 
um, a lot of times we think about our own needs and how our leaders can support us, but often we don't think about what is my leader struggling with and how can I um, identify that for them and offer some support or some help and join them in their challenge and offer a solution. Um, and it doesn't need to be like calling them out on a problem. It just set, you know means stepping in and being willing to try to support. Um, and some of the things that you did were like you said, being um, open to figuring it out. You know, not everybody's open to figuring it out. Some people are so nervous and scared of making a mistake or failing that they're not going to try, but you weren't worried about that. You were more interested in the learning and growth opportunity than you were about the failure opportunity. And I think that makes a difference in being identified as someone who has growth potential. And um, there's a book that I'm I'm recently reading. Actually, I'm going to have these folks on uh, my show in a little while. Um, they're co-authors. They just put out another book. So it's um, Jacqueline Lane, Scott Orsman, and um, Marshall Goldsmith, Mar- the Marshall Goldsmith that you know wrote um, what you know got you here won't get you there, and and uh, business coach. Um, I'll have Jacqueline and, and Scott on my show about their new book, Becoming Coachable. And one of the things that um, is in that book is having the um, interesting combination that I'm hearing in you, Olivia, about being both confident in terms of being willing to lean into uncertainty, but also humble in being willing and open and interested in learning. It's an interesting combination that not everybody has. Some people are too humble. Some people are too confident. But the combination means you're coachable. You're easy to, um, you know, uh, and and willing to learn and be adaptable and grow. And that makes an enormous difference for people who are looking for high potential folks. I totally agree with you. And besides this, I feel like in general, I was the probably the right person at the right time for the right roles. And, yes. you know, it, 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 it was a, a journey of making a lot of mistakes. Um, I'm not a big fan of failure, but I do fail often and get up and learn and move on. Yeah. And, and timing is absolutely a big thing. Um, so one uh, final question before our next ad break is um, what are those challenges that you have faced in your industry, global changes, disruptions, and especially like um, doing the, um, things that other people don't want to do. What, what did you do in those situations? Um, I think I was, um, open to learning and not having a background or a lot of, uh, information to start from, uh, and just trying, start, starting something from, from zero, and I think at this point, um, you know, um, there's a lot obviously going on in tech. Um, it's have, it has been heavily impacted over the last 12 to 18 months. Um, there's a lot of changes of vision and direction. Um, so it's, it's kind of, we always want to be on top of things and to be on top of things, you need to do things that have not been done before. And usually people tend to want to stay comfortable or in a space that they have some level of knowledge and not go head straight into um, projects or roles or initiatives that have, um, you know, they need to start from scratch. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So with that said, we're going to get into our ad break. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branku, and our guest, Olivia Nadasan, and we'll be right back after the break. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc, Fridays at noon Eastern, and Intangify, your business today.
Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome, welcome back to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Baranku and Olivia Nadasan. Um, Olivia, we just finished talking about what it takes to be noticed and visible in order to grow your career. And you mentioned a number of things that helped you grow your career. In addition to sponsorship, there was being willing to lean into feedback and be coachable. There was adaptability, openness to figuring things out. and taking on the hard, sometimes unpopular opportunities, right? And so I want to get into um, those hard, unpopular opportunities for a moment. Um, And um, in, in two directions, one is in your like primary roles that you do now. And then the other is in the philanthropy space. And how did you sort of learn how to lean into those hard, unpopular opportunities. That sounds great. Um, so uh, currently, as you know, and you, you mentioned, I am in the deal management space. Um, this is a fun. Function- Let me interrupt you for a second. For those who don't know, what the heck is deal management? What is that? <laughs> I'm going to explain. Yes, it's not not something that many people are aware of. So Um, it is a function that usually is part of finance or sales ops or revenue operations. And uh, that basically differs from company to company. Uh, It depends on how they see this type of organization. But the basics are that uh, are the same all across. Um, It's a function that provides strategic direction, analytical insights, commercial perspective, and governance to support sales um, so they close good deals for the company, uh, making sure that, you know, number one priority is supporting customers grow in within their industries. So um, it's a function where we are responsible for making everything from uh, kind of managing this Coating a configuration uh, with the right products, uh, SKUs, programs and promotions, pricing, uh, commercial terms, everything that is in our scope drives ARR. ARR means annual recurring revenue growth. Um, so we are advisors to sales partners on, you know, deal structuring, uh, deal strategy. We're keeping them compliant in terms of respecting uh, policies and ethics. Um, so it's a pretty cool job to have. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like 10 roles in one, Olivia. <laughs> like I'm writing here, it's data, not- risk, compliance, sales, marketing, yeah. strategy. <laughs> it's a really cool job to have. Um, it, you get a lot of cross-functional exposure. Uh, you see the market trends across different segments and geographies. Um, you learn firsthand which technology is preferred by customers and kind of learn from lost deals as well. So it's definitely that kind of role that has a huge impact 
um, to any company, health, healthy growth, I would say. And I love it. I've done this for the past 13 years. And I know some really amazing people that are making huge, uh, huge difference for um, the companies that they work for um, currently VMware. So very interesting. Awesome. Now, how does this have anything to do with all of your philanthropy efforts <laughs> outside <laughs> of this job, right? Um, let's, let's talk about um, a number of them. And like, what led you to lean into these and what are the causes that you um, have leaned into? It's a very, very interesting uh, um, situation that I was put in actually in uh, Krakow, uh, where, you know, I moved a few years back and the um, local VP at that time had asked me for um, to join as a stretch assignment and uh, become a career development site leader. Um, for a new employee resource organization that they created, uh, in order to support the, the site to grow and progress. And that was completely out of my comfort zone and knowledge zone and any zone. <laughs> but, uh, because of that exposure, I started to be really interested in, uh, learning about, uh, career development and, you know, what, how I can support, uh, others grow. So when the opportunity came, when I was in U.S. and there was an opportunity to join, uh, CNC as a member, I did that in the hope that I'm, I just moved here. Um, I want to learn more about, um, you know, all the thank you. <laughs> We are uh, live, so I'm sharing for those who are watching uh, or on the recording a little bit more on, about she and C since she, since she has uh, mentioned it a few times. Yes, mm -hmm. um, it, and you know it has been uh, it was something that I've done uh, for about four years. Uh, it was um, um, I started from being a member to being part of the board to being part of uh, you know leading it as a president. Um, and supporting women get, uh, the right level of, of, you know, guidance in their careers, uh, be able to connect with their peers from different companies, a network, upskill. So there was a lot of, um, uh, thought po put into, uh, creating and growing that organization, uh, where I stepped down, uh, you know, two years back, but I still think of it extremely fondly because it gave me, um, a lot of opportunities to, um, support the community locally here in North Carolina, um, meet you and other very close friends of mine that, um, have been part of the board at some point. Um, and kind of opened up my eyes about, uh, giving back and, um, being a community, uh, role model and supporting other women, um, have, um, safe community to discuss about their career challenges, about how they would like their careers to grow. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, um, <laughs> yes. And, um, it, it was, a. a really amazing opportunity to serve in a leadership role and also receive support and be surrounded by people who are interested in developing and growing. Right. And um, we have um, actually moved on from those leadership roles within that nonprofit to um, other opportunities to work together. So, um, you know, would you like to share a little bit more about our new uh, venture with Tower Scope Leadership Academy? Yes. Uh, so I, I think I joined the board about 10 months ago and, uh, we have been working on developing, um, program for, uh, women that, um, the, uh, the same, you know, similar to, um, the profile that I've, uh, had before, they need that, uh, additional help to move forward, to understand, um, how to overcome certain challenges within the, their um, uh, current roles. What could uh, be uh, 
you know, a, a roadblock for them to develop further or um, everything that comes from having uh, a space where they can discuss about everyday challenges, um, how they would make decisions about their careers, about their, you know, negotiating new roles. Um, so it's it's a very interesting community. We just got started uh, with the first cohort, um, and I'm really excited where this is going to go. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think the next few weeks are going to be really nice to get together with the entire group and kind of shape this from, um, um, you know, for the future, which is next year. And next year we're going to have the um, full membership kickoff. Absolutely. Yes. We're super excited about it. Um, if you want to learn more, by the way, and you're watching this, here's the QR code to go straight there, or you can go to www.gotowerscope.com to learn more. And I just want to sort of close this out with thanking Olivia for sharing her leadership journey and what it took and the decisions that, that went into it. There's a lot of thought, there's a lot of strategy, there's a lot of intentionality. So I want you to think about what you took away from today. What's one small change that you can implement this week based on what you learned from Olivia? Share it with us on LinkedIn at Mira Branku or Olivia Nadasan and at talkradio.nyc so we can cheer you on. And we are now officially on iTunes and Spotify as an official podcast. So if you like this and our other episodes, please go subscribe, leave a review, share with others to help us increase our visibility, reach, and impact. Okay? so. Next Friday, we're excited to have Rob Fazio on when we're going to be talking about how to use subtle strength and motivational capital to navigate nebulous organizational politics. It should be really interesting. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for um, uh, Talk Radio NYC for hosting. I'm Dr. Mira Branku, your host of the Hard Skills. And thank you for joining us, Olivia. Have a great rest of your day, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mara Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us.
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 